This is Ryan Rillard from the Frisco Rough Riders, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation Podcast. Welcome to Rangers Nation Podcast, talking all things Texas Rangers. Rangers Nation Podcast is a part of Dallas Sports Nation, providing coverage of all your DFW sports teams. Now, here's your host, Texas Rangers blogger, the Recliner Nerd. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Rangers Nation's podcast. This is third place Texas Rangers. That's right. They are the third place Texas Rangers, and we're going to combine it, guys. I was doing two podcasts a week. I think we're going to combine it into one, just make it a little bit longer. So we will have a Down in the Bus League segment. In fact, in the Down in the Bus League segment, a couple of really neat things. We're going to talk to... uh, Talked uh, to Brock Burke. I did an interview with Brock Burke yesterday out at the Frisco Rough Rider game, and we'll we'll play that for you. Also got a chance to spend the entire game with Tepid, Tepid participation from Lone Star Ball. Tep sat down. This guy is a scouting guru, and it was very awesome. He had some neat scouting tips on a lot of the players and what we got coming up. But first, let's get to this, and we'll be back right after this. Okay, everyone, welcome back to Rangers Nation's podcast. This is the third place Texas Rangers. That's what this episode is cost, uh, called. It's the third place Texas Rangers because the Rangers do find themselves in third place. Record right now is 10-8. and eight. I think for anybody that read or watched anything, the Rangers weren't predicted to do much this year. We had our uh, prediction episode uh, that we put out. I kind of thought the Rangers would end up, believe it or not, in third place. That's where I thought, about 78 wins. If you read the article that Dallas Sports Nation put out, uh, we did the uh, our predictions. I had the MVP, the Rookie of the Year, all of that, and where they would finish. I, I had them finishing third in the with about 78 wins is where I had them. They're surpassing that right now, but I, hey, keep an eye. I want you to keep an eye on this because I'm telling you right now, I said that the rookie of the year for the Texas Rangers would be Brett Martin. That's who I said was going to be the rookie of the year. Brett Martin was called up yesterday, made his debut, came in in the ninth, and three up and three down. Hey, this is a guy that really struggled last year. Played at Frisco, was a, was a top-pitching starting prospect. Just got rocked uh, last year. 7.98 ERA. Doesn't make an excuse. There's a really interesting story. Jeff Wilson from, uh, from the... Uh, uh, Fort Worth Star-Telegram wrote a great story about it, that he had a mentor that uh, kind of helped him, a pitching coach that died last year, but had told him to stick with his stuff. He also, uh, Rangers have a contract with Driveline, uh, Driveline Baseball out in California, and uh, so they sent a few of their pitchers out there to work on their off-speed stuff, and he was one of them, and he went out there and came back, and if y'all saw his spring, that's what made me say he would be Rookie of the Year. He had an unbelievable spring. I mean, he was just dealing. His off-speed stuff, his slider, his change was doing well. He really, really, really had a great spring. And uh, so that was something that that I thought – I thought he, he might have an outside chance to make the team out of spring training. He didn't. He went down to Nashville and continued to deal. Uh, Kyle Bird, one of the players that uh, – I, I also did an episode on major league debuts of who I thought would make their major league debuts. Um, I had about seven or eight, I think, that were on that list. I had uh, Brett Martin and Kyle Bird. Kyle Bird made he was the first one. Uh, Brett Martin's the second one. Um, they are the two that will. Uh, I I think Brett Martin's here to stay. I really do. Um, I think that he's going to get a. He could be an extended guy. He could also go a couple of innings. Um, he's a left-handed kind of Sampson uh, that we've got up there now, but uh, only he's younger. He's he's 
under more control for us. Um, I really like him. I think he's going to do good. But you've got to be surprised at what these Rangers are doing. Let me tell you something. They got rocked last night by the Astros. The Astros are the best team in the American League. There is no doubt about that. But this Ranger team stuck with it, got a couple of runs. Justin Verlander's one of the best pitchers in the American League. These are going to happen. You got you you have to know this is a 162 game schedule. Um, for everybody that you, you know, I think part of the problem the Rangers did was they got off to a pretty hot start. A lot of people are they're going to bail on them if, if, when they get below 500 again or whatever because they will. They're going to go through little you know ups and downs. They're going to have games where they're not going to do more than. Uh, you know they're they're going to be you know win three win three win four then maybe lose four lose five whatever that's the way this team's going to be they're a 500 team at best um, if they come over that count your chickens man that's that's great um, if they come over 500 nobody's really expecting them to do that but they're fun to watch and if you aren't watching this team right now look at what they're doing and they don't have Ruggie or Ruggy or Odor or Condor. And I know everyone's thinking Forsyth and uh, they're thinking about Santana, but those guys are former major leaguers who have been released by other teams. So the fact that they're having decent years right now, look at their numbers. They're not really as, as, as great as you think they are. They're just filling a void right now till we get our guys back that we really want. But you got to, you know, take your hat off to them. This team is playing above what they should right now. These young guys are really contributing and doing a great job, and you've, you've just got to have fun watching it. Now I'm now that I'm a media credential, I've, I've gotten to go in and talk to these guys and, and, and get into the uh, – into the locker room, up in the press box. It's been awesome. I wrote a story about it. This is the first podcast I'm doing about it. It's just so neat to be up there. Um, but this team, look, Drew Smiley, Drew Smiley is a guy that that don't be upset about. He went three and two-thirds, pitched 101 pitches in three and two-thirds. That's not even four innings. But he only got 13 outs. He only produced 13 outs. But no one talks, or 11 outs, actually. There's only 11 outs, three and two-thirds, so that's three. And of his 11 outs, eight of them were strikeouts. I'm sorry. that That's incredible that eight of the 11 outs you got were strikeouts. That's amazing. That means that you are missing bats. The problem is you're not missing bats consistently. So you're missing bats. You've got miss, miss bat potential in your arsenal. The problem is if you can harness that like he did against Oakland the night that he went five innings of shutout ball against Oakland, and then that sixth inning he really had a, a tough time of it. He got a little fatigued. He was getting up in the 90s. Uh, he went 101 pitches yesterday, fought strong, You know, was kept at it, even though he was getting rocked by the best lineup in baseball, let's be honest. Um, and so, you know, I think right now we've got Drew Smiley. Drew Smiley looks like a number one ace right now. And uh, if you're not paying attention to what Drew Smiley's doing, a lot of people are talking about the Mets and the Phillies might be in on Minor. John Daniels will not trade Mike Minor right now unless, unless it is a blow me away deal. And I'm sorry. If somebody comes to me for, and JD, I, I know a lot of you don't like JD. But let's be really, really, really honest here. If somebody comes to John Daniels and blows him away for an offer for Mike Miner, he'll take it. But it will involve a front line, a front line starting pitching prospect. It will not be front line hitter or number two or three. He Right now, if he's ta- listening to anybody, he is telling them this is what it will take. 
and don't call me back with a counter. Either you'll take it and take this now, or don't call me back with a counter. That's if he's even picking up the phone. Because Mike Miner is signed through next year. So Mike Miner is a he is pitching like a true ace. And 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 give credit where credit is due to John Daniels and that scouting department. They saw that. Mike Miner was a starter for the Royals years ago. Got hurt, went through Tommy John, came back. He was with the Braves came out of the bullpen for the Braves and was really, really good. And Daniels and the scouting department said, hey, this guy's a starter. We can go get him, probably sign him for two or three years, guaranteed, not too much money. And after the way he did for the the Braves, turn him into a starter. And Miner had a good year last year. He wasn't fantastic, but he was the best pitcher in the Rangers rotation last year. And look how he's starting this year. He's feeling the ball like he wants to. He's putting the ball where he wants to put it. He is doing fantastic. And you've got to take your hat off to Miner. And another good signing was Lynn, Lance Lynn, because Lance Lynn is signed for a couple years. And Lance Lynn is a bulldog. He doesn't give up. I mean, this is a guy that eats and goes. Uh, he goes and eats the innings up and, and is not, a, not afraid to pitched 110 20 pitches so you got to give those are two signings going into next year they both could possibly be trade trade targets at the trade deadline they're both controllable through next year and so both of them could be attractive to another team if we fall out of it or there's your first two pitchers in a rotation that is going to include who the rangers go after in the offseason and believe me when i tell you this everyone was ticked off that they did not go this offseason and really go after any names like Dallas Keuchel. And I keep hearing about Dallas Keuchel. Um, look, Dallas Keuchel is not coming to the Rangers. Get over that. He's not going to come here. We are not giving away. We have built our farm system through the draft, through trades, and they are not going to give up the number 38 pick for Dallas Keuchel. They're not going to do it. So they are not going to sign him. If after June, after the draft, if he's still available, that might be someone they go after to get maybe on a two-year deal. Or a one-year deal. Keuchel will want a one-year deal because I think he still wants. He still thinks he's worth twenty-five million a year for five or six years. The Rangers aren't going to give him that. Um, he would be a good addition to the the rotation. But hey, Keuchel, Keuchel's a good pitcher, but he is not a true ace. Um, it, for those that think he is, it, the Astros didn't really blossom until they got the true ace in Verlander. And because Keuchel is a soft tossing left, lefty, he tops out right around ninety miles an hour, but he moves the ball around. He's a good pitcher. He knows how to pitch, but he's not a true ace, and he is not a front line guy that you give twenty five million to. I don't care what they say. I, for for me, my opinion. I don't think he is. Uh, I, I like Keuchel. He would be great on this staff for the right price. He's great on this staff. So that could be somebody that the Rangers target if we still are competing, someone to kind of bring it to us that he would have uh, he, he would have a lot of, of reason to want to come here and pitch if we're in a race at all just because to, to raise his stock to hit free agency again. But, uh, you know, so don't don't plan on that. One name that keeps coming up is Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, they, they, the Astros have some really hot young prospects that are coming up. Uh, Whitley, uh, Whitlock or Whitley, the, the guy in AAA, I was talking to Tepid. That guy right there, he says this, this dude's a stud. He's a complete – he is – he doesn't have anywhere to pitch on the major league roster, so they are not going to extend Garrett Cole. Um, Garrett Cole said that they had to do it before the end of the year. Garrett Cole will be a free agent. The problem, I think a lot of people think the Rangers are really going to be on on Garrett Cole. I think they will be on Garrett Cole, and they'll be in on him, and they'll really go after him, and they'll make an aggressive move. Garrett Cole, though, is a California kid. Um, and I think he wants to go to the Dodgers, who will also be looking to add some arms and will have some money to spend also. So um, that may not happen, but, but the Rangers will spend money this offseason. They have already said 
you know, 2020, uh, 2020 is the year we expect to compete. We're going to spend the money. Um, they are. I think everybody thinks this team is so tight and they don't like – it's not it at all. This team does not mind spending money. They're not going to spend stupid money anymore. Think send Shu Chu. There's a, there's a, I love Chu. Great player. Actually worth probably the money he got. But right now when you're sitting in a rebuild, you're sitting on a contract you can't get rid of, Chu's not going anywhere, and Calhoun's down in AAA getting at bats. So that's that's what you get with this team. So the big league team is far exceeding what it should be. The The offense is, is producing, um, even when sometimes they don't really have the guys in the lineup to produce, but they're still being patient. This new approach they're doing is fantastic. But uh, they're just not. Uh, you know they're not going to. Uh, they they need some pitchers, and the pitchers are coming. You've got uh, Brock Burke, Joe Palumbo. You've got Taylor Hearn and AAA. Uh, Brett Martin just got there. I mean, we've got some arms that they just want to get a little more work in before they throw them into the into the lion's den. You know that's what they're wanting to do. So um, you know right now Miller's been a disappointment. Smiley has been a disappointment. I think Smiley's the better of the two. Uh, and I think that Smiley's going to be here. Um, I think that there's a good chance that he'll turn this thing around and really be a, a good, nice piece that might even get an extension from this club. Uh, I really like Drew Smiley. If he'll pull it together, I really think that he's got to. He's just look. He's coming back from Tommy John. He's having to. He's got to get used to his arm. He's got to get used to his control and doing that. So that's what I wanted to do on the big league team. But now we're going to go down in the bus leagues. And down in the bus leagues, we're going to cover all of the minor league system for the Texas Rangers. Right now, the only four teams playing in the minor leagues for the Rangers organization is low A Hickory. Then you have high A, which is advanced A the Down East, uh, Down East Wood Ducks. Then you go, of course, to our local hometown Frisco Rough Riders and the AAA Nashville Sounds. Um, and we'll go through all of that. Um, I was out at Frisco yesterday and had a chance to talk with Brock Burke. It was a little bit more personal. I, I asked him about the finger. For those that don't know, Brock was hurt. But uh, I asked him about the finger, what was going on there, uh, and all of that. And uh, and, and, some really, and, and what was really, really interesting about about Brock yesterday was uh, I asked him, what is one thing that nobody knows about you? Um, what is one thing that no one knows about you? He had a great answer. It was pretty neat. He's uh, roommates with Palumbo, so it, it kind of affects Palumbo also. But right now, let's go out and let's listen to that interview. Here's Brock Burke from the Frisco Rough Riders. Hey, it's the Recliner Nerd here from Dallas Sports Nation and the and the Rangers Nation podcast. I'm here with Ranger, one of Rangers' top prospect, Frisco Rough Rider, Brock Burke. Brock, thanks for coming on with me. Yeah, no problem. Good to be here. Brock, real quick before we get into, I want to get this is kind of a get to know Brock Burke that we're going to put on the podcast. Before we get into that, was here opening night, your first start, very good, five innings shutout. Were you guys on a pitch count, 85 count? Yeah, yeah, we are on the, the 85 pitch count for the first couple starts of the season. I, I thought you were because you were dealing. They brought you right out after that inning. So when you didn't go back, um, so a lot of fans of the Rangers like myself and a lot of media we all took a collective breath when we saw you went on the IL and then it came out that it was a blister on the finger is that right yeah yeah that's right how's the finger now oh it's good it's getting better it's healing uh it's kind of one of those things where it kind of just takes some time to, to let the skin heal back over which is kind of kind of hard especially in the beginning of the season to, to get sideline because of blister of all things but uh it's definitely getting better and just trying to get on top of it to, so it doesn't affect the rest of the season now your your second start not quite as great. That happens to everybody. Did the did the finger play into that at all, or was it just uh, just not locating that night? Just have a bad night. I was just a little off. I think coming back off the 
the, I mean, that was the first time I'd been on the mound in 15 days. I mean, I, I, I was trying to take as much time off for the blister I could. I mean, I went off the mound with a, with a Band-Aid on, didn't have really an idea where the ball was going. So that was like my first time off the mound, so it was kind of tough and just didn't have a, a good feel for the zone. But uh, we'll, we'll fight back and, and get, back to the, get back to it next start. Okay, that's all the, the stuff, to, the, the things a lot of people know. Now I want to get into more fun stuff. So um, you grew up in Colorado, right? Is that where you grew up? And I know you were born in Chicago, but you grew up in Colorado. Were you a hunter, fisherman, any of that? Yeah, yeah, me, me and my, uh, my dad and brother all. In Col- Once we got to Colorado, we started hunting and, and fishing a lot almost, almost every single weekend. We didn't have school, so that was definitely, a, definitely an outdoorsman growing up. So. You still get to do it in the off season, I guess. Oh yeah, all off season. That's what we what we do. And uh, my dad was retired. He, he went back to work uh, this year, but last year we uh, we were almost in the mountains every single day, hunting or hunting or fishing, which was it's awesome. My dad used to live up there. I love Colorado. It's a lot of fun up there. So I know it's a beautiful place. Now, you were drafted in third round right out of high school. So I have to assume you were recruited for 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 any colleges. Did you have anywhere you thought you were going to commit, or were you who was recruiting you? Uh, I was committed to Oregon, University of Oregon. Uh, I was thinking there or uh, Arizona, University of Arizona, or Nebraska. So I was trying to stay on the the West Coast for for baseball. So, but going pro was more appealing and. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's hard to turn down. I mean the money, obviously, but like what happens in in college baseball for pitchers? I mean for position players is a little different, but for pitchers they kind of they're they're fighting for for their jobs in in college, so they kind of use you if you're doing well. And I didn't really want to to risk the the chance injury and never get the chance to play pro ball, so it was kind of a a no a no doubter for me. That's really funny because uh, I have friends that have kids that are good pitchers, and I tell them hey, if you, if your son's a pitcher, first five rounds, I said. Uh, in the minor leagues, if you sign with a pro team, they're not going to abuse your arm. I said, college coaches get paid to win. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt, and that's how – I mean, I, I had – you call it an advisor at that point, and that's kind of what they told me, and, and that's my agent now, but that's 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 what they told me. They said, hey, you're, you'll be an extended the first couple of years, and we'll keep minimal pitches on you and just develop you. And, and with the Rays, I, I got lucky enough to get with the Rays, who are very good at doing that. So. Well, you kind of confirmed for me that makes me feel better as I'm talking to these guys about that. Okay, this is kind of a neat thing that I'm, I have a little bit of history on this that's going to be fun for you. After you signed your first year, you played in Princeton, West Virginia. I have been to Princeton, West Virginia. I've watched the Princeton Devil Rays play a few times. So now I, one thing I recall was that when they were in Princeton, do you live with a host family? Uh, you do not. That, the year that we went there, you got switched into the hotel, so we stayed in a, a comfort inn across from uh, the ballpark for for the whole season, which was which was very interesting to live with a, all the guys in. So, now is Princeton comparable to where you grew up? It's a little town in West Virginia, and Bluefield and Princeton are kind of. Now, when I used to go, Bluefield was also the Oreos. I don't know if it's still the Oreos, but it's the Blue Jays now, but it's kind of like a, I try to describe to people, it's a smaller DFW is what it is, these littler towns, kind of right apart, about 30 miles from each other, and they were kind of rivals, weren't you? Oh, yeah, we had the, the Mercer Cup, that was a big deal to the to the, the, the people that lived out there, it was, uh, we played each other like, I think, 15 times, and whoever wins the series gets a, the Mercer Cup, so we would always play each other for that, but, I mean, Princeton was definitely one of the more interesting places I've ever had, I've played in pro ball in the Appy League, all the places you go are, are kind of... I mean, it's not what you think when you, you think of pro ball. And a lot of the college guys that – I mean, that was my second year in pro ball, and I was used to GCL, so I was like, all right, whatever, anything's better than the GCL. But uh, watching some of those those uh, college big-time college guys come out into uh, Princeton, West Virginia, and they're like, this is what pro ball is, it was, it was kind of funny to kind of watch uh, how they <laughs> how they saw that. So It was funny. I watched Josh Hamilton play there when he was 18 years old, and they were building the stadium then. They were still trying to finish it before the opening of the year. But that was interesting. I, I don't know many people that know Princeton, West Virginia, but you actually lived there for a while. 
So let me ask you this. You're in the DFW Metroplex now. Have you had a chance? I know you guys do a lot. Have you had a chance to get around and explore? Uh, we explored around here a little bit. Uh, Legacy. I think it's called the Legacy. We, uh, we've gone out to dinner there a couple times. But, I mean, we've been on the road most of the days anyway, so uh, we haven't really explored too much. We have this off day coming up on Sunday, and, and me and Palumbo, my, my roommate, are, are going to be able to, uh, to probably go out, go out to eat, and then uh, go see what, what Dallas is, is kind of about. So. You need any advice? I've grown up here and try to tell you guys where to go. It's funny, Palumbo's dad and I talked one night, and uh, he told me my you dad, guys. My dad told me about the interview. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he told me that you guys were living together. I didn't want, yeah, so I knew you were roommates. So, um, okay, spare time. What do you like to do in your spare time? Uh, me and Palumbo are big into Fortnite, so me and Palumbo will, will normally get home and, and sit there and play Fortnite for a while. Uh, hunting and fishing, obviously. Uh, we almost tried to, or we tried to go uh, fishing in Corpus Christi. With a really good red fishing, it was so windy that there was no point even trying. So maybe another time we, we go out and try to do that. But uh, just relax a lot. I mean, play video games, hunt, fish, and sleep. It's about it's all you can do in, in minor league baseball. Not not a lot of time for anything else. So my 12 year old's a Fortnite kid. I have okay. to get him on there with you someday. <laughs> so on off days, obviously that's what I said. You guys are going to explore. I was going to ask about that. You just kind of talked about that. You're going to try to explore around here a little bit and do that now. Is there any routine or superstitions you do on your starting day? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm pretty. Only thing I would say is I'm kind of a nervous eater, so I don't. I try to make sure I, I get like a smoothie or something like that that I, I can do like a protein shake, kind of something that you don't have to worry about eating as much. But uh, I don't really have a, any superstitions. I've learned in growing up in, in minor league baseball, and you, a lot of the time your superstitions you can't always like do a certain thing because most of the time you aren't treated the, the best in as as you can be in, in pro baseball. So I mean kind of just go with the flow roll with the punches and it seems to be the, the best way to, to go about it so so uh what's the one thing that nobody knows about you that you can tell people that are ranger fans one thing oh i'm a sleepwalker big sleepwalker like crazy crazy story sleepwalking and uh has Palumbo heard about those? Palumbo's my road roommate, so we when we were insane in the same hotel, I had to tell him, and uh, he's he's a little freaked out about it, you know. But uh, he he said I already had a couple good stories. Most of the time, it's just like talking, and apparently, I'm a, quite the comedian when I when I sleep. I say some funny things, and uh, it's only it's only been bad a couple times, but I I do sleep off pretty pretty frequently. So that's always some has some good stories for for some of the guys on the on the team. Well, Brock, I want to thank you for talking to me and, and coming on Ranger Nation's pod. I really appreciate it. That's really all I had. Just wanted the fans to get to know you. So good luck this season, and thanks for coming on with me. Yeah, no problem. Good to be here. All right. Thanks, Brock. Yeah, no problem. Okay. So that was Brock Burke. It was. Uh, I want to thank Brock again for coming on with me. Uh, Brock was fantastic there to, to come on with me and, and do that. So I, I want to thank him for doing that, obviously. Um, but uh, – now that we're down in the bus leagues, uh, let, let's go to um, let's go down. <coughs> excuse me. Let's break down all of the uh, all the different levels and what's going on at each level. Let's go to Hickory first. Um, Hickory and, and on our Dallas Sports Nation top twenty, we'll kind of talk about it. Some of our top prospects and where they are. Uh, down on uh, Hans Krause is obviously the uh, the the leader of Hickory. Hickory right now is ten and four. They are 10 and four. They're in second place. Uh, a couple of guys on our list have done really well at Hickory. Uh, one of those is uh, Jonathan Ornelas. Uh, Jonathan Ornelas is leading the team right now. He's hitting 333. Um, he's got one home run. He's the third base prospect. Pretty good kid coming out of there. Hans Kraus. He's uh, he's leading the team. Also, he's got a 1.26 ERA. He's the number one overall prospect. He started three games. He's two and zero. He's pitched 14 uh, innings right now. 
Um, actually, he's yeah, he started three games, and but he's he, he only pitched a couple in one game. Uh, going from there, so um, just a few of them that are that are on there. Uh, Julio Pablo Martinez is also another one that is uh, playing for Hickory, and he was doing fine. He was hitting about two eighty, uh, two eighty or two. Chris Cease is down there. Uh, he's Chris Cease is hitting three hundred, I believe, uh, or two eighty somewhere in there, and then two seventy one for Julio Pablo. Now he just was promoted uh, day before yesterday. He's going to Down East. I don't know if a lot of y'all saw that Bubba Thompson's been hurt. I actually saw Bubba Thompson in Frisco last night. Uh, he's got a thing. His he broke his hammock bone. He's wearing a cast or a little uh, some sort of a uh, wrist thing on his wrist. Was sitting down there with Tepid and uh, Bryce Patrick from. Uh, from WFAA, so we were down on the field watching batting practice, and uh, Bubba came walking by. So they obviously he's in town. I don't know if he had any sort of surgery or procedure. He's probably going through some one of the top prospects. They're probably going to bring him to Arlington and let these doctors deal with him and work with that in in everything that that they're doing. So so that's Hickory right now. All of our minor league teams are doing unbelievable. Um, I, Curtis Terry's a guy at. Uh, at Hickory that we need to keep an eye on. Curtis Terry's been playing first base, played at Spokane last year. He's already got four home runs. He's hitting 294. Um, this is a guy to keep a watch for. He's a big man, as Tepid likes to say. So, listen, I got to hang out with Tepid. Um, for those that don't know, Tepid, um, he's on Twitter at, at @tepidp at Tepid, T-E-P-I-D-P. Um, he writes for Lone Star Ball. Uh, Lone Star Ball. Uh, he blogs for them, and this is a minor league. This guy comes at it from a different – I'm a minor league guy. I'm a really big minor league guy. Maybe you call me a little bit of a guru. I'm just a nerd more than anything about it. But uh, Tepid's kind of a kind of like a Jamie Newberg guru, but, man, you talk about he, – he apparently he, – he, he gets into the ear of these scouts, and he knows what to look for. I know a lot about baseball, and I'll admit I know a lot about baseball. I'm way better at knowing about baseball than actually playing baseball with the record of, of, of how I did as a player. But I don't know these these things that these scouts look at, and Tepa does. And he would bring up stuff about players. It was amazing to see. Now, I'm not going to... I'm not going to go into to all of the stuff Tep does and what he talks about. He is not a negative guy. Um, he's obviously really high on some players, some others that he's not so high on. Um, I'm not going to talk about or disclose. I won't do that. That's just He's not a guy that does that. He gets along with all these guys. He's pulling for every one of them. He wants all of them to make the big leagues. It's just who, who Tep it is. I mean, he's an amazing guy. Uh, owns some uh, pizza parlors around here. But, uh, look, if you're not – following Tep and, and asking him questions. Tep will try to answer your questions, and he knows things that we don't see. Um, talking about some of these got new names we're hearing coming out of uh, the Dominican we just signed. One guy that went up to Hickory, just his name's Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Henriquez or something like that. He's like 18, 19, 18 years old, only like 5'11". Tep sitting there talking about how this guy literally is just – unbelievable how this guy throws the ball. The ball explodes out of his hand. It's just crazy, crazy uh, that Tep was talking about him. Um, so that's basically Hickory. Let's go to Down East. Down East is 10-5 uh, and five also. They're leading. Look, Down East has got the who I confirmed with Tep. Um, you know, I think Bubba Thompson's one of the top prospects in, in as far as that's not a pitcher. Uh, um, I had in my rankings, I had uh, – I had Bubba Thompson, and then third I had Anderson Tejada, even again, even above Julio Pablo Martinez. Uh, I talked to Tep, and I said, "Look, I've got Anderson Tejada. Is he the is he the best 
position player prospect in the organization. And Tep looked at me and shook his head and said, I, I think so. I think he is. They put him down there in AAA. I mean, I'm sorry. They put him down at Down East. He was at Down East last year. He should have started at Frisco this year. Um, he's a young guy. But he um, decided he wanted to switch hit. And uh, they decided that they wanted to bring him along slowly. Um, and on that, if he wanted to learn, he naturally left-handed uh, – bats left-handed. I'm sorry, he's a shortstop, so he throws right-handed. But he's a natural left-handed hitter. He's learning to hit right-handed, or he, he is hitting right-handed, and he's switch hitting. But he's already – I mean, guys, he's hitting 390, almost 400. He's got a couple of home runs, you know, four doubles. I mean, his his uh, his on-base percentage is close to 500. He's 457. He's got an ops of over 1,000. Uh, or a 1.09. I mean, it's crazy. This is crazy stuff. This guy is unbelievable what he is doing right now. And I'm sorry, but that is just flat out uh, amazing that, that what he's doing. So he, I think that he will be – now, Adam Morris from Lone Star Bar, Ball said that he'd probably be here by Labor Day. He's He may be sooner than that. I'm telling you right now. Now, Leody Tavares – is also having a pretty good uh, start to the year. He got off hot last year. He's hitting 364. He's not showing a lot of power, but he is hitting. He's getting hits. A lot of singles, though. Not a lot of extra base hits. He's only got a couple of doubles. He's got one triple. He's a fast guy. That outfield now in down east is going to have uh, Leodi, and it's going to have Julio Pablo Martinez that's going to be there. Um, they've got a good, pretty good infield, too. I, I tell you a guy that, that I, I think we all need to watch is uh, – a guy that we need to watch is going to be uh, Ryan Doro. Now, Ryan Doro is not a, a huge prospect. He's just he's just not a huge prospect. But this is a guy I saw playing Hickory last year, and as Tep put it, this guy picks it. He can. This guy may be the one of the best uh, fielding prospects in the league. Now, he was a college guy. He's a little older at Down East. He's already probably 22. 23. Uh, he came out of college. This is his, you know, a couple years ago he was drafted. Probably he's hit 10 home runs at Hickory last year. Um, his bat hasn't come. Uh, he's not like killing the ball right now. Um, he is hitting 239, but he's already got a couple of home runs. But this guy can play. He's been playing a lot of third base. Played second base the night I saw him there. That's a guy to watch. Um, but the guy that that everyone's talking about right now, besides Anderson Tejada, uh, the guy that everyone's talking about. And down east has got to be Tyler Phillips, and Tyler Phillips is is just he's picked he's pitched 19 innings so far, 19 innings, and he's got no earned runs. Nobody has scored on him yet. Now this isn't a big strikeout guy. That's the one thing this got those strikes, but he is not a strikeout guy. He is a contact hitter. He he throws to contact, and when you throw to contact, when you get up in these upper leagues, that's something that that I was informed last night. He goes that the deal is that you worry about once he gets up here to these more patient hitters up here that they'll they'll sit on pitches and you know but he's a uh, Tyler Phillips has been amazing um he needs to keep it up he's he's going a long way into games he pitched seven innings the other night of shutout ball he's 19 innings and three starts um hasn't been scored on yet um he's you know he struck out 13 and 19 innings he hasn't walked but one batter in 1980s, he's walked one bat. That's amazing. You know, if, if anything we cry about as Ranger fans in the major leagues is that we do not have a somebody to come in here and, uh, you know, you throw strikes. I mean, that's part of the problem that we run into. So that's down east. That's what we got going on there. Now, Frisco, Frisco has surprised a lot of people. Look, we knew Frisco was going to have a good rotation uh, when you have Jonathan Hernandez, Brock Burke, and Joe Palumbo. Um, so Joe Palumbo, uh, 
is Tepin and I had gotten on Twitter and gone back and forth on this about the the uh, RPMs, uh, which is the rotations per minute, I believe that stands for, but the rotation on the ball. So I've I've talked and, and uh, Tepin explained it to me. The, a ball that spins more, the average for a fastball in the major leagues about twenty two hundred RPMs. Uh, is is about 2,200. Palumbo's averaging about 2,500. And what that does is it it adds velocity as far as the way it appears. So even if you're only hitting 92 or 91, it comes out like it's 94 or 95 because of those RPMs and how the ball's spinning out. So it's if you've ever heard of, it's an exploding fastball. That's what it is. Um, and that's what those are, and Palumbo is doing it. Look, last night, he was not his best self. He still went six innings and only gave up three earned runs. A lot of cheap hits. There was a triple that could have been ruled an error, uh, that it, which would have been the third out. The, the right fielder flat out missed it in right field, just flat out stuck his glove up and just missed the ball. And and But it didn't touch his glove, so that's a hit. And that's a triple. And that, that scored runs. And, uh, you know, that, that happens. Look, he's not worried about – he is not worried about uh, wins and losses where he is because his ultimate goal is to be in the major leagues. But that is, you know, that's something that you deal with in the minor leagues. The the offense for Frisco has been a bit surprising. There's not really a guy. I don't think there's a guy on the Frisco roster that is a legitimate everyday starter in the major leagues. That's my personal opinion. Um, I talked to Tepid about it. He, you know, he th- there are guys that are serviceable that are going to be out there. He he likes all of these guys. Um, I think he's kind of con- he, he was kind of with me. I think uh, Michael DeLeon, it might be the guy that uh, he's got a good chance of possibly you know becoming a uh, a utility guy up there. LeBlanc is is unbelievable. Uh, Charles LeBlanc, he's hitting 367 in all 15 games. He's the leading hitter on the team. I, th- I think he's might have already hit one home run, or no, he hadn't hit any home runs last year. He got off really strong and hit, I think, 10 in the first couple of months. He hit 10 home runs and then didn't hit another one. Uh, he's a French Canadian guy up from Quebec or something like that. He's a nice guy, uh, what I understand, but he, he man, he's he is strong guy. He's a He's, he's really got a good-looking body. He's a big guy, muscly. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys, they're, they're unbelievably better-looking than a lot of the old-timey players we used to watch. These guys are these guys are, are on programs to stay in shape, and he is definitely one to do that. I really would love to see him turn that into power. Uh, he, he, is not, he, is, he is barreling the ball and putting it in play, but uh, I think he needs to show a little more power to make himself a true prospect, um, you know, and, and be a corner. He played first base last night. He's played some third base. Um, he's also played some second base, and and, and uh, I don't know. He might have played some shortstop, but but look, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to show some more power. Hitting four hundred is great uh, in Double A. That may not translate to Triple A, but if you're showing some raw power, that's gonna really help. Preston Beck is the leading home run. Got the most home runs for Double A right now. Um, another local kid. But there's been some really good guys that have have stepped up, and that offense has really come along and produced. Um, but you know, Ladarius Clark, uh, he really interesting story about Ladarius Clark. He is the guy that played it at uh, the what is it Last Chance U, the Eastern Mississippi played football there. Uh, if you ever watched it on Netflix, the Last Chance U, he played there, uh, played baseball also. He's very raw. I tell you what, I saw him hit about a 430-foot home run to dead center field. By the way, called by Joe Palumbo's dad. But 
that guy's got some power that that's undeniable. I mean, I, I you, it, but it's a matter of he's so raw. It's such raw power. He's got to learn to hit uh, and and do that. But if he sits on a pitch and he he puts the barrel on it, the ball can go a long way. He's not very tall. Just I'm I'm about five eight five nine. He might be just an inch taller than me. But dude, I don't think he's got an ounce of body fat on him. The guy looks like a a freaking muscle magazine when he walks by. It's crazy. <laughs> we call, uh, Tep called it putting on a show. Watch this guy's calf show when he walks by. His calves are huge. He just, just completely, I mean, the guy, if he could turn baseball into and really develop as a hitter, this guy's fast too. And I'm telling you right now, he's got a place. Um, <laughs> Tep made a joke about it. It was really funny. He said, this is a guy that could be added to the 40-man roster just so he could come up in September if they're in a pennant race to run the bases because he's apparently that fast on the bases. He, he really is good nashville nashville is the worst of every team that uh is in the minor league system they're only four and ten they're the worst team even the rangers are better than nashville um but there's some good players in nashville some players that are doing pretty good willie calhoun's hitting 255 he's already got three home runs i look willie started he started out slow that first week or two so that first week is really starting to pick it up and go um, Chase Ornod is really the one that's kind of leading the team down there, but he's only played in 11 games. Uh, uh, Santana was hitting 343 before the call-up, and we know what he's doing in the major leagues right now. But this is where we're, we're parking some guys. Um, obviously, on the uh, the pitching side, we know what Brett Martin was doing. Uh, Tim Dillard is is uh, is down there. The story on Tim Dillard, he's, he doesn't have a great ERA right now. I think they're setting up Tim Dillard to maybe uh, do something with this organization. He's become such a big presence um but uh nashville is uh is really um you can't look at the the raw numbers you got to look at the prospects that are there it's the first time that nashville's had a few players on their roster triple a sometimes will be a lot of your your top prospects will kind of spend time at double a and triple a is kind of that place where you park those guys like like a matt davidson that used to play um for the White Sox, has been in the major leagues, people like that. That's where they they stay, and and they're parked between. Uh, you know, it's kind of a four A team, and you've got some, but they've got some prospects. They've got uh, Taylor Hearn. They've got uh, Willie Calhoun. Patrick Wisdom. These are guys. Well, Patrick Wisdom's on the big league team right now, but these are guys. Trevino's there. Uh, Trevino's not started out great um, at the plate. He's not really started out great, you know. But they they've got a place for him. I think he'll be up at some point just for the backstop. Um, obviously, Jeff uh, Mathis isn't hitting that well in the major leagues, but that's not why he's in the major league squad. He's got a place on that. He's catching minor right now. He's who's pitching like an ace. And so that's why Mathis is there. So Trevino needs to either be a good game caller who really controls his staff, or he needs to he needs to start barreling the ball up. That's what he needs to do. But uh, so that is our down in the bus league segment. I wanted uh, segment. I, I wanted to combine them. We're going to do one big show every week. It's just easier to do. I really want to tell you guys. I appreciate you listening. Go down and follow us. Go to Ranger at Ranger Nation Pod at Ranger Nation Pod. You can also uh, follow at Dallas Sports Nation at D A L Sports Nation or at Ranger Nation uh, at rangers nation uh on twitter follow us there uh my my personal email or uh, twitter handle is at ranger nation pod uh 
uh, at Ranger Nation Pod. I am the Recliner Nerd once again, and I want to give a big thanks to Brock Burke for coming on the show with me today. I can't thank Tepid enough for uh, sitting with me and just really uh, feel, feeding my nerd brain with all of that, uh, all of the information that that Tepid gave me. It was great. He's such a just a sweet guy. So was Bryce. Bryce, a really nice guy. We all sat there, three guys covering the team uh, yesterday, and just. It was fun to banner back and forth and and just talk baseball nerd stuff. And uh, Tepid's a, a just a complete joy to listen to, and he's such a, a just a sweet guy. He's really nice to us, uh, to me, and and taking the time to sit and talk and and, and do that. But uh, that's it for this one, guys. For all of those that have been a part, Brock Burke for doing it, Tepid and Bryce for uh, talking with me at the game yesterday. I want to thank all of you. Like I say at the end of every one of these podcasts. And at every one of my articles, nerd out.